welcome. Right, before we get into today's show, we're going to do our top three paranormal stories of the week. All the stories that we feature, the videos will be up on the Paranormal Hangout page on Facebook, and you can join that via the show description. So, uh, yeah, let's crack on. Okay, so this one caught my eye in the Daily Star, and this was posted on the 12th of May, 2017. And it states that a paranormal investigator was left chilled to the bone after he saw a terrifying figure appear in a haunting video. Essentially what happened here is a paranormal investigator, this is in the States, set up a camera in his kitchen uh, looking out you know, his door uh, and played white noise to he reckons to lure in goals and ghosts and all that. And he catches what seems to be a black-eyed child, if you like, looking in through the door and I reckon this was on night five he'd done it five nights in a row and this was only the first time something could happen but he does say that that child stood there for almost an hour uh, in the video which is a uh, thing again the video posted up to uh, Facebook if you want to check it out right this is from the The Sun the paranormal news right little grey men exist hmm paranormal expert snaps space alien in a park and claims it is final proof that extraterrestrials are in Britain. John Luna had a close encounter with the classic looking black eyes uh, shape in Devon before fleeing and apparently coughing up blood. Paranormal expert was left terrified after having a very close encounter with an alien. John Luna said uh, he managed to take a picture of the extraterrestrial life form which had a classic looking black eyes and an indefinite shape. Uh, Far from being a little green man, this was a large grey alien, said John. He tried to flee the life form but ended up coughing up blood, which he blamed on the otherworldly invader. John, who was on the lookout for aliens in his hometown of Newton Abbott, Devon, stumbled across the beam in a park. He said the extraterrestrial fixed him with a stair before it began floating. John said the incident was final proof that he had been seeking for aliens, were alive and well on Earth, and were living in Devon. Yeah, okay, John. One. This is the little one from The Sun. Creepy footage shows dolls banging in a haunted morgue where the dead bodies are examined. This video apparently shows a poltergeist at work and is quite possibly the most spine-chilling video you've ever watched in ages. Anyway, what is these two security guards go down a, a, a lit corridor. Meanwhile, a sinister banging noise can be heard. As they continue on slowly, the view cannot be sure what is happening. As they get down to about 10 feet, the door stops opening and closing. It becomes clear that the door belongs to a cabinet. Well, this door is going bang, bang, bang. You know, and it only stops when these two securities go to the uh, to the door. I'll see what behind it is a water pipe. Yes, check this one out. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about some alien abduction cases. Um, a couple that we, we nearly covered last week, but they didn't have the sickness aspect, really, so yeah. we, we left them out. But they're still interesting, so we thought we'd cover them. Uh, one of them was uh, sent to me by a guy called Beach Boy on Twitter. Uh, so thank you for that. And again, if you've got any stories that you think we should cover... Send them in. Yep, email in. us, go to the website. You can yep. drop us a message. Because, um, you know, obviously we haven't covered every story, and there's some really great stories out there, this being one of them. So... Right, without further ado, we'll get into this then. So this happens in this case. If you want to, you know, if you want to read it in full entirety, then I'll put the notes in the yep. description. You can go into the link there. But it's not commonly referred to as the A70 case. Okay, so this happens back in 1992, and it starts on the outskirts of Edinburgh, and it involves two guys by the name of Gary Wood and Colin Wright. Uh, these two guys were repairmen general repairmen, mm. and they was on the way to a friend's house to do a, an appliance repair, so right. a washing machine or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and they was hoping to arrive at the friend's house for about 20 to 11 at night. Unfortunately, that never happened. You would have and, thought on a road, nice and quiet, not busy, that's no it. problem. You know? But this, uh, from where they were setting off from to the village of Tarbrax in Ethelovia, normally takes them 50, uh, sorry, sorry, it's a 15-mile drive, and it normally takes them about half an hour. Right. Okay, so they set off at 10, p- uh, 10 p.m., and they're driving down this road, and they get to a point along the road, which is called the Harperig Reservoir. And Colin noticed something out the window, and he shouts, what the hell is that? So Gary has a look out the windscreen, and he says that he saw an object floating about 20 feet above the road. He describes it as being a two-tiered, disc-shaped object. 
Uh, so I'm presuming we're talking about um, some sort of like, you know, saucers stuck yep. top and bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, your classic UFO. Classic one. He says it was a lot wider than the road, so he estimates it to be about 30 feet wide. Obviously, the road being, what, about 14 feet wide, 7 so, feet yeah. by 7 feet, something like that, you'd, you'd say, wouldn't you? So he estimates it to be a lot, you know, and he says it was... Um, so this was in front of him? Yeah, in yeah. front of him, okay. hovering over the road. He says it was um, smooth, black and shiny, with no windows or illumination. But he also notes that the finish on this um, craft was very unusual. And again, if you remember last week's story, the guy yep. got run over by a UFO, he said the same thing. It was very unusual. Um, I'll be the same craft. But again, don't know. It could quite easily be the same craft. And again, you know, Scotland, you know, like I said, the Falkirk Triangle, you know, there's a lot of UFO activity goes, yeah, goes yeah, up yeah. in Scotland. A lot, lot of stuff. But even then, you know, every three minutes, it works out, every three minutes, somewhere in the world, somebody reports a UFO. So there's a lot, there's a lot of UFOs, and again, you know, some of them are going to be general things, but but nevertheless, it's uh, quite quite alarming when you look into it. So anyway, once they seen this object, they wanted to get away from it. Obviously, you know, it being so unusual, uh, it says that they sped up to seventy mile an hour. Yeah, so it's not like the one in Australia yeah. last week with 125 yeah, miles an hour, no, kilometers, kilometers. Yeah, uh, yeah. So could quite possibly could yeah, be right. Possible. So he says, um, so Colin says that Gary sped up to 70 mile an hour, obviously, you know, fearing at this point, fair and trying to speed away. And Colin actually said that uh, Gary was driving like a bloody maniac. I think anybody would. Really. That's how he said it in his Scottish, remember. Yeah. They passed under this craft and he said that as they passed under, under the craft, it was shimmering. It was a shimmering curtain of light descending on the car. Gary describes it as looking like a detuned radio set, so that's static. Mm. Um, what you used to see on TV, you don't really get that anymore. No. But, um, I think it's gone digital now. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so um, just flickering lights. Instantly, they were enveloped by total and complete darkness. Okay. And again, this case really gets going when you come into the hypnosis side of things a bit later on in the story. But um, under hypnosis, Gary recalls standing outside the car. Um, he said it was totally in utter darkness, um, not a hint of light. He couldn't even see the car. That's how dark it was. And for a moment, he actually thought he died. Mm. Um, so he thought it may be out of body experience. Out of body experience, you know, yeah. the classic classic ones. Um, so he stood there, side of the road, wondering what the fuck's going on. He says next thing he remembers is he was his eyes opened and he was the car was veering all over the road. So he couldn't hear Colin shouting at him, um, but obviously, you know, he must mm. have been he must have been hearing him. But um, so he managed to stop the car, and um, you know, both sat there in disbelief and looking at each other. So what the fuck just happened? <laughs> the ship just dropped the car. Yeah. Said, Where you go, you can stop it. So they collect collect themselves and carry on to the destination. Yep. Okay, so they're both driving off, discussing what's just happened. They arrive at Tarbacks, They pull over to the friend's house. Gary slips his hand down to unbuckle his seatbelt and realises that it's already undone. And again, in UFO cases, this is common. When people get abducted, they get put back in the bed, dressed sometimes. Mm. I mean, I've seen one case where a guy had a button-up pyjama top and he actually, when he woke up in the morning, the buttons were on, the, on his back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and shit like I think, that. I think with a seatbelt, that sounds about right because I can't see the aliens actually, you know, buckling up and, no. uh, you know, in the safe, just, in the spaceships and going, yeah. let's go. I've even heard other cases where you know. people have been put back in the car the wrong way around. So yeah. you, you end up with the, the passenger in the driver's seat and vice versa. And I think actually that comes into play a bit later on when we get yeah. to the second case. Yeah. But, but anyway, they get to the friend's house, start unloading the car, and um, one of them goes to knock on the door. And again, they presume the time at this point to be 10.40pm at night, which is the time they expected to get there. So they're knocking on the door, and the friend obviously knows they're coming because they're coming to fix his washing machine or whatever. Knocking on the door, and he doesn't answer the door. So they both stood there like, this is a bit unusual. You haven't forgot about us, <laughs> has he? So you're knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and eventually the guy pops his head out the upstairs window. And he says, what are you two playing at? And I says, well, we'll come to fix your washing machine. He says, not this fucking time of night you want. And I said, what do you mean? We told you we'd be, uh, you know, uh, just before 11. And he says, it's quarter to one in the morning. And at that point, they realised that they'd lost two hours of two time. Two hours, yeah. Over two hours. Um, so, again, you know, that's quite common in these cases. Now, remember, the men had done this journey countless times and they knew that it took 30 minutes you know, more or less yeah. to get there. And so it's an road, so yeah. bump, bump, obviously you know, like, they, they know they had turned off, like and this is late straight at night, road. so it's straight through. Yep. And they've lost these two hours on the way. Realizing it was so late in the night, they decided they'd best just head home. Um. So they left back for Glimminton, is where they lived in the outskirts of Edinburgh, that's where it's south from. Not surprisingly, they didn't take the same road back as they took there. Okay. 
So um, obviously it was still in their mind. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Still, you know, they're still uh, pondering over what happened uh, on their journey there. Now, a guy called Malcolm Robinson interviewed the guys at their house a few days after the event, and they both agreed that Gary and Colin, and he, sorry, he agreed that both Gary and Colin were very clear, clearly still agitated from their experience. And this right. is a few days later. And he knew that no, neither man was prone to lying or dramatics. Okay, so the, the following day, and again, this is not unusual, but the following day, Gary felt utterly drained of energy. More than just a result of a late night, he felt absolutely worn out. The following few days did not help matters. He was not sleeping at all well, and he experienced vivid, disturbing dreams, yeah. and sleeping patterns changed for the worst. And again, yeah. that happens. That's you know, people, right. even yeah. now, people see UFOs, and then they go home and start dreaming that they've... They've got people coming in the bedroom yep. and all that kind yep. of shit. And it makes you wonder if that really is happening. I think it is. I think it is um, I think once you uh, connect with these uh, beings, you know, it's, mm. it's like a, you know, they come in and uh, have sort. a look at you because they're very curious. Absolutely. You know? Well, they want so, something. But anyway, it's just, um, yeah, mostly energy. The, uh, eventually, like, he obviously couldn't sleep and all the rest of it. So he goes to see his doctor, goes for an MRI scan. And that proved to be negative, which is good news for him. But obviously didn't help what his situation was. So as another precaution, he went through... I mean, this shows you... I mean, just listen to this. This shows you the extra... You know, how 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 it must have been affecting him. Because he was even willing to undergo a spinal tap, right? To get to the bottom of why he was unable yeah. to sleep and that. I mean, that is an invasive procedure, isn't it? Yeah. So if you, you're not you're not making shit so up as you go to that. So he was really... Absolutely. Bad time. Yeah, you knew, yeah, you knew, didn't he? So, um... Obviously, the spinal tap resulted in uh, nothing being diagnosed. So, again, you know, he's still at square one. But fearing ridicule, neither Gary or Colin reported the incident to the police or media. They did, however, inform Bufora, which is the British UFO Research Association. After the event, Gary became engrossed in UFOlogy in an attempt to understand what he'd experienced, whereas Colin went completely... The opposite the way. way, you know, he, he didn't, didn't want to know it. No, he didn't want didn't to want talk it. about it. Yep. And this is, again, very, very common. Um, two people can see the same objects and two people can have z- exactly opposite yep. views, points of views from what they've seen. Some just want to block it out. There was, a, there was one case in Michigan, uh, just near Lake Michigan, where a mother and daughter saw it. It was a triangle UFO craft. The mother was running out, fucking chucking petals everywhere. Oh, this is wonderful. Well, well, wonderful this is. And, you know, felt love and all that. The daughter was absolutely petrified once, run back in the house. Mm. So, again, you know, they're seeing the same object, but the, the yeah. object's probably conveying different things to... Or maybe it was trying to convey to the adult. Yeah. Um, you know, this is all friendly, don't worry. And yeah, whereas yeah. the daughter won't quite catch in that for whatever reason. So, again, fear. again, fear, you know, fear. this happens. So Gary gets really into this um, UFO side of things, and he meets up with uh, some Scottish... Um, investigators into the phenomenon and uh, because of the missing time and all the rest of it they put him in touch with a uh, a psychic hypnotherapist and psychic called Helen Walters this is where it gets really interesting because he goes for hypnosis at this during the first session Gary became very emotional and burst into tears even though he was only seeing vague impressions and images at the time later regression uh, sessions were to prove more revealing in later sessions, both men remembered sitting in the car, which was stopped in the middle of the road. Small humanoid creatures, three to each side, yep. opened both front doors. Colin recalls Gary being placed on a type of stretcher and carried. None of the entities were supporting it. The stretcher was free-floating. So okay. again, this is this mind control. Again, you know, to, um, you know, make, 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 make the people kind of, you know... And again, the word stretcher here is just, you know, is way referring to what he's seeing, you know. Yeah, so yeah. We're, not, we're not saying, you know, this, you know. The well, actually, we're here. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you're coming you know, with us. It's not like an actual no. stretcher, stretcher, what we get from the fucking ambulance. No, 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 no. What he's seeing, this is just the way he was referring to it at the time. But remember, you know, this is what Colin said. He was in the car and, it, you know, he said he was starting the car and Gary had gone. Um, mm. So he's seeing this happen. Uh, under regression, so they actually so, open. They actually little. Yep, they open the door. They take open Gary. Door, say, Please come with us. Take or, Gary or, away. Well, um, to that extent. Oh, you can recall the creatures approaching the car in a searing pain uh, in his abdomen at the same time, as if the stomach muscles were being torn apart. He says, "You know when you've been electrocuted and your muscles all cramp up, it's really painful and you can't let it go. It's like that." 
And again, if you've been electrocuted, you know what he's talking yeah. about. Or if you've used one of those uh, electric muscle... Yeah, yeah. I remember when my mate put one of them on and... Um, I've never used them myself. Yeah, and he forgot to turn the volumes down, so it was all on like the full whack. And this is the first time you used yeah. it. And he just put it on and turned it on and went, oh, oh, <laughs> shoot around the room. And he couldn't get back to it to turn it off, you know, because <laughs> every time he was out, went there, he went, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, it's fucking funny. And obviously, I rushed to turn it off. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. 10 minutes later. Yeah, yeah I opened a beer yeah. and watched yeah. it. <laughs> Why not? But uh, but anyway, he's built like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. I would have written two seconds in, you know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, um, back to this story. So, so um, obviously these uh obviously the So thing. this is yeah, this is what Colin recalls and remember he's seeing Gary go. Now Gary yeah. Gary gets into the hypnosis and we get his story in a minute, which is obviously a border craft and everything. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, this is as much Sorry. as Colin knows. So yeah. for that part, Colin recalls waking up on the ramp to the craft, which was lit by a dazzling white light. He remembers being in a circular corridor being led by one of the creatures. Although some of his recollections are hazy and seem to jump from scene to scene like a series of snapshots, he distinctly recalls the room leading from the corridor. The room was utter, utterly featureless, except for an unusual chair, and it was curiously curved, almost organic in shape. And again, that crops up yeah, regularly also, in these stories, doesn't it? I think what's cropping up here is also the darkness. There's no features, there's nothing. This. Mm. I mean, to me... If it was an advanced race, it'd be like beautiful stuff, this and that. But it's just featureless at no, the moment. What you're explaining yeah, no, to I me? Yeah, no, I think it's um, it always seems to be this way for whatever reason. Yeah. But um, he says he was stripped naked and placed unrestrained in the chair. And again, they don't need restraints because they're using mind some control. sort of yeah mind control. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's drugs, does it? Really? Well, we don't know. Do we it? don't know, but it does seem like some it's some sort of, of mind uh, control. Yeah, mind control. Yeah. Uh, and he was subject to some non-intrusive physical examinations. He also remembers lying back in the chair, looking at the ceiling. He said it was uh, translucent. He said there was no lights as such. It was more diffused lights. Yep. Um, again, which is common. His uh, memory surged seamlessly into being naked in a transparent container made of material rather like glass or perspex. Straps at his feet and his ankles secured him. So again, you know, he's... he's, he's his memories are jumping all yeah, over. So. He said outside the container, he could clearly see other men and women, all naked and all in transparent containers. Blowing around the outside of the container was a mist rather like a fog created by dry ice or, you know, what you use in stage or film. Yep. He also saw a number of tall humanoid creatures. One was standing framed in a doorway opposite him and another three were coming towards this container. Abruptly, the transparent material other container began to frost up. He became alarmed and began to weep. No sooner had he done this than the frosting began to retreat, almost like a film sequence running in reverse, until the material was once again perfectly clear. Colin nervously watched as the angular device rose from the floor. It was long and thin, like a rod with a small triangle ahead. Two glowing red lights were set into it, one on either side. The peculiar appendage about halfway along the length of the device at the base was jointed to the floor. The entire machine moved up and down continuously and the appendage swung from left to right. Although there was no pain, Colin thought it might be scanning him. After Gary's initial session, after Gary's initial session, his recall improved dramatically. Like Colin had described, being in a featureless or circular room, lying on a flat table. He was unable to move, although he does not recall being physically strapped down. He was also aware of a black lens-shaped device in the centre of the room. The device was twisting and turning almost as if it was folding in on itself. He said he didn't have any idea what this device was, what the function of this device was, but he could hear it. It moving through the air made a whooshing sound as it was moving mm. backwards and forwards. So, some kind of scanning machine. Mm. Scanning. This is, um, uh, it felt like the device was tuning in itself or stabilising itself. Okay, so he says that the machine extended itself over his chest towards his head and his arms abruptly dropped onto his chest near to his shoulders. It was almost like the machine was controlling him. Yeah. Uh, the particular trauma affected Gary quite profoundly. And actually, under hypnosis, he was his body was convulsing as he was telling the story. 
Um, on other occasions, he remembered the hole forming in the floor, which was filled with a viscous liquid or some kind of like gel. Yep. While he watched this, a small column rose up from the floor. Gary described it resembling a tin can. It continued to rise until it was around three feet above the floor. The device gave out a noise, rather like an electric motor, and began to rotate slowly. Part of the cylinder rose, and the main body extended towards him until it was level with his eyes. He says the tip of the extension had two red glowing dots, and at this point Gary noticed that the pool of liquid started to vibrate. From the liquid, a tall, incredibly thin, frail-looking creature slowly, almost painfully, emerged. The creature looked similar to the traditional grey, yep. and it appeared like a skeleton covered in skin. He remembers that the skin was over its rib, looked discoloured and bruised. So it's almost like it's been created out of this liquid. And we'll come on to that a bit later. Yeah, I've got my views on that. Yeah. He says he later discovered that all the creatures had difficulty with the gravity and the atmosphere, uh, the atmospheric pressures on them, particularly the tall, thin, translucent creatures, which frequently tended to fall over. He says, you know, he wonders if the, the bruises that the, the bruised appearance on them is because of this, you know, the failure to um, move around quite comfortably in our gravity. Now, he goes on to say, he wonders if the pool of gel was actually some sort of treatment for him. Um, I'm not quite sure on that, but I can see how he gets gets to that. I've got my views on this, what well, it is anyway, so... Yeah, this is one of the telling points. He says, bizarrely, he also recalls a small man, apparently quite human and dressed in a neat black suit, complete with a collar and tie, who was watching the procedure. He was standing among the entities... So he wasn't what he, what it's basically saying is this guy wasn't one of them. Yeah, well, this this guy was there, but the creatures were just you know carrying on as normal as if he wasn't even there, isn't it? Basically, yeah. we were um, talking men in black here. Yeah, but it makes you wonder why he's there because yeah. you, you hear stories about these like almost like we have the situation with whales where we're allowed to harvest X amount of whales, like the Japanese or whatever, for research purposes. Yeah, so yeah, we say, yeah. oh, you can harvest a hundred whales for research purposes. And it makes you wonder if this is almost going on with the alien situation where yeah, so this guy's just making sure how many yeah. they do take and you what mean they the do. Quotas. Yeah, keeping the keeping his eye on them. Like. Keeping the quotas. Um, Gary remembers up to 20 to 30 creatures present. He said the majority were tall and grey-coloured, looking frail. He says the, no, the only ones that were different were these rather bizarre-looking beings with an odd heart-shaped face. He says on the face were some... Sh- Strangely familiar markings, right? Which were basically coloured facial strips, three diagonal on each cheek. So there were reminiscence of tribal markings, normally associated with members of the Native American tribe. Uh, he looked at the creatures and mentally asked, "Why are you doing this?" And he said the answer he got back into yep. his mind was sanctuary. Okay, he said, but while he was in telepathic communication yep. with the creatures, okay, he was able to see what they were seeing. And some aspects of their mind. And he said that the creatures found this amusing. They couldn't prevent it. You know, he could tell that they didn't like him being able to, to, to ask them. Ah, right. Yeah. So, actually, you know, they, yeah. want, they want you still yeah. dumbed down and zombie and they'll do whatever experiments on you, you know what I mean? But obviously, this guy is. He, you know, he says, maybe this mental force they yeah, had over him it was, kind of was weakening, weight, or whatever, weakened. Yeah. So obviously, he could actually. And they were like thinking, bump. "What? What the fuck's going on here? This guy's so supposed to be able to read my mind." Off. Yeah, yeah. Which, but he says, yeah. like in further mental communications, the being said, "In many was you more advanced than us, but you have been capped. Our existence is much like your own. We also have concerns and needs." And again, it goes on to say just what cap means is an open-ended question, isn't it? Well, limited. Um, which, you know, we can... Limited we can capacity assume, yeah, to Somebody's think. capping us, yeah. whether it's um, mentally or, um, you know, in our, in technology. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Could, could easily be either, couldn't it? Gary is certain that at one point he was taken underground. From the table from which he lay, he could see tunnels leading off from the huge central chamber hewn into the solid rock. And again, you know, this pops up in a lot of cases. Yep. There was also an enormous machine close to him. Possibly it was another flying machine. 
like the one that he'd witnessed above the road, perhaps Gary was most worried, worrying memory was seeing a young woman seated naked on the floor facing the wall. One of the tall creatures was standing beside her. As Gary looked at her, she turned her head towards him. Her hair was in a loose shaggy perm with blonde highlights. She was sitting shivering with her knees drawn up to her chin. Her arms were wrapped around her knees, cradling herself. She had been crying and was clearly in the same predicament as him. He said that if he ever met her again in the street or whatever, he would instantly recognise her. Um, And you get this from time to time where people go to these alien abduction um, meetups where these people have like an alcohol anonymous type thing. They have them for, and some people actually go there and recognise people that they've seen, you know, presumably on a ship somewhere. Um, and he says this again. He says, you know, if he saw her, he'd know her instantly. So she just sat there, you know, cradled up, and what was this, what was this creature doing, just watching her? Like a, I don't know, just... Well, the creature was going to do something to her, but he was wished he was going down his tunnel, so we'll never know. But, right, okay. Um, Looks like draining of energy off her, a fear of energy. Looks like it's another story. Vampires, mate. Now we move on to the um, hypnosis regression and... We get here a transcript of what was said, uh, conducted by Helen Wallers. Do you want to do this with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? We'll, we'll share a bit, mate. Okay, so this transcript, then, uh, is between uh, Helen, the... No, she's the regressionist. Yeah, regressionist. I'll be Helen. Well, I'm not going to talk in a female <coughs> voice. But so you're going to be Helen. And you'll be Colin, yeah? And I'll be Colin. No, I'll no. try and do my best Scottish. Yeah, no, well, that's up to you. You go for it, mate. You <laughs> which know, which comes it. out Indian, doesn't it? But... Yeah, it doesn't matter, mate. <clears throat> Are you ready? Let's go for it. Right. So we're going to read the transcript for you, yeah. as is in as, as it is stated. So, okay. Are we going? Yeah, let's right. go. Right. I want you to live that night, Colin. See it, feel it. Where are you? Nowhere. Where is nowhere? Just nowhere. Complete darkness. What are you looking up at? What are you trying to see? I feel I'm going up. Going up? See it. Feel it. Can you hear anything? Nothing. See it, Colin. Nothing can harm you at this moment. Listen to the sound of my voice. At this time, Colin's body jerked suddenly. Creatures, I'm telling you. Telling them, get lost. Where are you? I'm in a bright boom room. What? What are they doing? You wouldn't like to know. <laughs> no, he didn't yeah. say that. He says, no, he don't know. He says, they're trying to undress me. Tell me what's happening, Colin. I'm sitting with no clothes on. Sounds good. Where were you sitting? A metal chair. It's moving cold. How do you feel? Just cold. Tell me what is happening, Colin. Something in my right eye. What's in your right eye? I don't know. It's uncomfortable. Like a red-hot poker uh, in, in my eye. It's really sore. Who is putting this poker in? Uh, in your eye. I can't see anything. Is it your left eye? Is your left eye open? <laughs> Why are you shaking your head? At this point, Colin was moving his head from side to side. I'm trying to get a good look at the thing. The thing that's doing this to me. What's happening now? It just took out my eye. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just took out my eye. My right eye is really burning. My eye really watering. It's gushing. What kind of material was it? What did it feel like? It felt like there was something clamped on it. Like there was something going into my eye. How did you get there, Colin? How do you get there? I want you to live your journey. The car. It's in a big, bright, metallic room. How did it get there? It was lifted. How was it lifted? I don't know. It just feels... Juggering like behind being lifted. Okay, go back to the beginning of your journey. Just passing the reservoir on the left-hand side. Just passing the farmhouse on the right. It doesn't make sense. There's no room, nothing. The car, it's definitely off. It seems to be some kind of force. There's nothing physical I can see. I'm cold. I'm getting carried along the same rate. Colin's body gave a powerful twitch. I'm in the chair again. Something's looking at me back in the corridor. It's there. It's, uh, uh, it's ugly. Describe it, Colin. Describe the ugly thing. It's ugly. It's lurking in the corridor. It's some, it comes and goes. It seems an ancient to me. Ugly. It's really badly deformed. I'm not scared of it anymore. 
Colin began to laugh. <laughs> it seems that he's, he's been in a fight and, and it's the loser. <laughs> I think it's trying to manipulate me. In what way? I don't know. I, I think I'm pissing it off because I'm not scared of it anymore. I'm laughing at it. It's weird. It's away. Colin's head turned to the right. I can hear a noise behind me. I, I, I can think a word. Describe it. His body convulsed briefly. I'm staring at the wee one. A wee one? The wee creature. It's not very happy with me. I don't think I'm supposed to look behind the chair for some reason. It's looking at me with those black eyes. But I'll not give in. You won't give in to what? I, I won't give in to... I'm trying to outstare me. It's a way. I don't think it's very pleased with me. It's just doesn't want me to see what's behind the chair for some reason. If I try to do anything, they'll come around the corner and stop me. What do you have on, Colin? Nothing. The chair's freezing. I keep wanting to get out, but the chair, I, I, I bet it will be a big mistake. Did they speak to you? No, but I could tell it was pissed off. I'm looking at something. It looks like some sort of surgery tool. I think that's what went into my eye. Can you describe it? It sort of comes down and bends to the left and then bends down again. It's hard to describe. I've never seen anything like it. It separates into four and then all it all just things hanging from it. Move on from there, Colin. He convulsed again. What's happening, Colin? Two of them have got me by the feet. They're dragging me towards a small archway. How did you get out of the chair? They grabbed me. They grabbed me by the feet. I think I've pushed them off. What's happening now? They're dragging me back to the car. They're not fussy about hurting me. Yeah, more, convul- uh, more convulsions at this time. Uh, where are you now? Back in the car. Back in the seat. Uh, do you have your clothes on? Yes. Go back to when you put your clothes on. What's happening? I'm putting my clothes on. Who? The we aliens. How many are there? Four. Again, more convulsions. There's a big alien in the front of me doing something. My head is pounding. I don't know if it's giving me something or taking something from my head. My mind goes black, then lighter. My head feels numb. It feels massive. It feels as if I've got a big forehead. Colin's hand came up and he rubbed his forehead vigorously. What's happening, Colin? Shooting pain. I don't know. It's... It's just been a bit weird. My brain feels like it's swollen. It's pushing out my head. It's going to burst. I can't handle this. It's stopped. Stop. It's weird. Can you move on? Where are you now? Back on the road. How did you get there? Big bang, then foot. Anyone in the car with you? Gary. He's looking at me, bewildered. Gary's asking me, did you see what I saw? Did you see Gary on your travels? No, just now. So, so that that's the transcript for that one, which is quite... Alarming, to say the least. Very alarming. That um, is alarming because... Uh, and again, with this hypnosis, you've got to assume that... It's regression. Um, it's, well, regression it's, goes further than hypnosis, doesn't yeah, it? It goes so up you, to you've, tap your subconscious. You've got to assume that it's real, you know? You've got to assume... Obviously, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt as well, but you get so many of these cases where the same things are recalled time and time again. But going back to the um, this pool then, because he seems to think that this pool of uh, viscous gel-like liquid... Um, coming up from the ground, he, he he seems to think that this was repairing these aliens. But was that your first impression of that? No, 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 no. I think he's, he's had a creature step from it. I think mm. this, this 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 gel or this kind of um, this goo or whatever you mm. want to call it. I think this is kind of a, a re- I think the creatures go in there sometime to repair themselves, then try and come out. You know, mm. um, I, I got the impression that this was almost. He um, didn't see the creature anyway. You see the creature come out. I think this gel was. Whatever they was doing to him in this tank was absorbing some sort of his DNA or whatever. And I think it was re... He did do a good job, though, did he? Because yeah. he came out all skeletons well, and all yeah, and that. It so, almost yeah. seems like it was recreating this creature from from him, you know. Mm. Um, well, you know, and then it, like... Because they're, like, replenishing their civilization with our genetics. We've had this before, haven't we? We've had this talk before about the... We even had talk about time travels, haven't we? Where they come back in time because mm. their bodies, after a few thousand years or whatever... They needed our DNA to, you know, make another body or whatever. That's what sounds like what's happening. Yeah, uh, my, my take on it is they they are low astral realms entities, um, and they only can say stay in this realm for a certain amount of time before the vibration starts to deteriorate their bodies. So they're trying to find out 
like from different people's DNA, something to hold their bodies in this vibration. Mm. And I think it's not working. Uh, we, we, we we heard from uh, Colin there about him, them doing experiments in his eyes, his eyeballs and stuff and all that, you know. And mm. um, So I think they're trying to extract DNA from different parts of the body to see if, uh, I mean, everybody's got a different DNA section, haven't they? What was everybody's it? What got, you, think, you know, what I you think, think, uh, think they're removing all of the eyes to get to the brain without anyone noticing any scars or... I don't know, obviously it's, um, as Colin said in in, in that um, bit there, there was all different beings, weren't there? They weren't mm. just great. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was all different yeah. kind of... It's almost like... Um, so there's a mixture in that yeah, place. it almost so it feels like the... You know, like an ant farm where you've got the queens, you've got the soldiers, you've got the workers. Yeah, they're all, yeah, they're, yeah. They're the same thing, but they've all got different jobs and mm. they all look slightly different. Yeah. Depend- oh, oh, I guess the bees is the same. Um, anything where there's a swarm... You know, th- sorry, these aliens almost feel like that sort, sort of swarm mentality that they seem to... You know, like he- humans are more primate, they're more individual, if you like, mm. and they're all... Whereas these things almost seem like they've got a job to do and they do it, you know. And again, like well, when, that's he, the when, he, when he was sitting in that chair and he's saying... You know, I'm looking behind, and this thing's getting pissed off. It's almost like whatever they've given him to um, subdue him hasn't, hasn't worked, and it's these creatures kind now of off. are like, "What the fuck's going on? Yeah, this doesn't yeah. normally happen." Now, and, now, and, um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, oh shit, he's looking at us. Oh, he's not supposed to happen. And, and even the one stood in the doorway is like almost observing what's going on, and he's yeah. he seems to be a bit like um, watching what's going on because he seems to be a bit the wary controller. about that. So, yeah, so you get that sort of impression, don't you? Um, Maybe he's there in case shit does it, the fan, then you're just like... Yeah, but you, what you've basically done, you, you, you've adopted two people against their own free will, mm. okay? And if you ever do experiments on them, right, and then something goes wrong, you know, something's got... They've got to have a plan B, haven't they? Mm. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, get the fuck... Put, get them back in the car and get them on there, you know what I mean? Get them away. Yeah, and get rid of them, yeah. Get rid so of them. Maybe they didn't get to do what they wanted to do because he, he started coming around, so... Yeah, but what, what I think also what got me in that story was where they took him down that tunnel and you saw that lady, let's see all that girl, yeah. huddled up, you know... So, uh, Andy did say there's more there's other people in, in different containers as well, didn't he? Yeah, you could see other people. So, so yeah. obviously, what just him there? No, and you get this again, you get um, stories, I think, um, these abduction stories where people say that. They say they're on a craft and, you know, sometimes it's women and they'll go on a craft and they'll say there's they're seeing countless children, you know, like um, babies in tanks. Yeah. And they've got, like, some sort of affinity with these babies. It's almost as if... They feel like they are, they, you know, their children belong to her, mm. and their eggs have been harvested or whatever. Um, so you get these stories where you know th- there's other people on these craft as well. He's also seen someone that stood, the human like person that stood there watching this go on, and, and yeah, well, we've got the men in black. That's another um, story, isn't it? So is again, it, I mean, is this a government figure standing there saying, right, you can do this, you can do that? Yeah, okay. Because basically, when I mean, I don't because I think the government are just corrupt. They they sold you down the river years ago. Anyway, I know this. <laughs> But uh, if you, like, say, well, okay, the government, they're, they're protectors, look after us. Mm. So what you're doing is you're giving them, your your handing over your free will to them. Because mm. so, what the end of the day is, uh, if we get attacked somewhere, we can't do anything, but the government can do it. Mm. Well, so I, you're basically I, giving the government I think, uh, your free will. Um, so then the government can say... Yeah, I think it's slightly know. different. I, I go along the lines of... I, think been, I don't I, think they can stop this. I yeah, think, I, I think, think they're, they're aware it's going on. I think they've been conned. I think um, they've been duped into but, thinking that they are real aliens from different planets, which they are not. But you know, I think they've been said, "Look, where we've came from, uh, Saturn, Venus, which is like a rubbish anyway." Yeah, and uh, in exchange, stuff. yeah, in exchange for so and so and so, we'll give you some good technology. Thank you very much. Yes, you can take that. You can add up some people. Uh, uh, say, I don't know, um, a thousand a week. You mm. give us this, 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 this. I don't Possible. know. I, yeah, I think it's true. I don't get the trade-off though. I get the sense of this is going. I think the government know this is going to happen, and they've got no powers to stop this. But I don't think they get a trade-off from it. I think they, these alien beings almost say, "Look, we're going to do this, and it's for your benefit. And if you, this mm. is going to be, you know, whatever. I don't know how to dress it up exactly, but they might say this is going to be for your benefit as well mm. as ours. But the government put people in places to monitor what goes on. Um, and also, they give them like pass free passage to Air Force bases, stuff like that. When these yeah, things because, need to yeah. refuel, or you know, wh- and that could just be something as simple as water. Um, you know, they might need water, you know, to drink. Well, you know, uh, you know but we... you see this so often where these craft land at military yeah. Air Force well, bases. So ancient site, UFO base. Mm. Well, again, yeah, and so... you get the army or RAF. You've got an ancient site. You're guaranteed you've got the army there or the RAF there. Yeah. They're there, mate. They're around there. They so, know where um, these sites are. I think you know. there's, there's 
so obviously something going on. And I'm hoping in a few weeks we'll get a guest on who can. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll definitely talk about. Oh, my my take more. on it is they're they're not um, you know they're they're not uh, aliens from another planet. They're not. They're, they're from here. Mm. You know, um, these are psychic so vampires the, uh, in the astral realms, but. That was, that was a good story. That's the A70 case then. Yep. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yep. Before we get into the second uh, case, which a lot of you will be familiar with, the Reed family case uh, abduction, this is a good time to tell everybody about the T-shirts and yep. Algo um, for you know people in the States and stuff like that and around the world. They were ready to go, aren't they? Absolutely. If people from the UK want to go and order them from there, it does cost a lot of shipping. So what we've... Decided to do is get some printed up for people in the UK, yeah. and we'll. We're talking what three weeks time? Two, yeah, three weeks? we'll 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 ship them out to yeah. people in the UK. So if you if you're living in in UK uh, and uh, you're interested in getting a t-shirt, let us know what size you want, and we'll make sure as soon as they come in, you get one. Uh, but people in the states, you can get them from gallery. Um, the links will be in the description. We're pretty pleased with the way it's turned Fantastic. out, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think we're we're talking maybe what first of July, and then we should have our own t-shirts here. Yeah, for the printed ones. Actually, yeah, we should have know. them. We should have the UK yeah. ones by July. But obviously, the other ones in the states and that they're ready to go now. So if yeah. you want to go, uh, and that just leads on to the Patreon. Obviously, from June, we're going to be doing a an extra show on Patreon and various other little freebies and shit. So yep. if you're interested in signing up for that, and it's two dollars or something. A month, and again, Patreon could be you know you know how it works. You can cancel at any time and all that. So, if you're interested in that, just go to the website, just sign up. It's not it's not around, and we appreciate everybody that does so. Absolutely. I'd also like to um, say uh, a big thank you uh, to Maria Wheatley and to Busty uh, for last weekend. Fantastic. Yeah, and again, if you yeah, want to, fantastic. Really see appreciate our it. Trip to Stonehenge that's available on Facebook, yeah, Facebook panel, yeah, yeah, panel yeah. hangout as well. It's it's all on there. And look at the old vortex in Stonehenge. I mean, that was pretty good with the old uh, dowsing <laughs> rod, wasn't it? Yeah, ignore the uh, the the dumb security guard. You know, yeah. I mean, Rhea didn't even touch a stone. It was just a yeah, you know, like I say, they've got a job to do, haven't they? Well, whatever job it is, mate, you should, they shouldn't be there doing it. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, well, they've got handlers, but yeah, yeah, so. The Reed family abduction. Again, like I say, a lot of you are familiar with this, but the parallels between this story and the story that we just spoke about is is why we're doing this yeah, story. Very similar. Um, so we won't go into this one in massive detail because obviously, like I say, most people already know it. And there's a video out there, and I think he's even released a book well, on I think, it. Yeah, I think um, he released it due to the second one, isn't he? Yeah, so essentially this happens back in the 1960s in Sheffield, Massachusetts. And it starts off with the two brothers, Tom and Matthew... And I think there was six and six and four, something like that, six and five. Yeah, I think it was two year gap one. Yeah. yeah, and um, that starts off with uh, a, a ball of light entering the bedroom. He thought it was an orb. Yeah, orb light, which we call orbs yeah, now. Orbs. Next thing they know, doing a corridor sandwiched between two entities. Yeah, and it was like it was being, you know, actually escorted. Yeah, escorted out. Escorted, and he actually recalls. You know I, mean? I want to me. Well, he doesn't quite know, but he knows he's going down the corridor. Next thing, he's outside the property, and he sort of he presumes they've gone through some wall. Uh, and then he's on a ship and all the rest of it. That's basically how it starts. But then we get to a point where 1969, the two boys, the mother and the grandmother, were traveling back from a horse show about eight at night, and um, they observed what the, the the grandmother called a floating strip mall to the left hand side of the car. And it forced the car to stop. Again, yep. you know, this is quite common. So the car veers off the road, just pulls it to a stop, and they said the only sound that could hear was the stones hitting the bottom of the car. Everything else went silent. Again, this is called That's the again. Oz effect, you yeah. know, which is quite common. Um, at that point, they felt a change in pressure. Now, the family have been able to collectively reconstruct and piece together the events that happened on that night but this is the you know the parallels between the last story mm. and this story really really is this this is the interesting point is that in tom's recollection of things that happened he remembers being taken to a large dark room along a brightly illuminated hallway under a body encompassed chain encompassing chamber and he remembers crying out you know the family were crying out for one another so again we're talking about some sort of underground 
chamber. Yeah, which is very similar to what we had in the last case where he actually recalls it. Was, he actually says it was, you could tell it was dug from the, the sheer rock, yeah, yeah. like it was hewn from the rock. He actually says that. So this must be, there must be on the craft with the craft then went to the base. Exactly. And underground. Then, and again, we get, and this, this next bit, um, again, referring back to the last case, very similar. So we get this. Tom has described the beings which were witnessed as being genetically engineered or manufactured intelligent insect types beings with some human characteristics such as hands uh, that would stand on two feet and vary three to five feet in height. So again, you know, what we were just talking about in the last one where the, it almost feels like these creatures are being made from this goo yeah. uh, to resemble, or, closely resemble us. Or could on, it be the DNA... Um, Extractment from exactly. these victims so it's, it's, into making these creatures it, it, not into it very, human, but because I think it, they're experimenting. In, it looks like they're building some sort of hybrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think it's failing. And again, and I think this, it's working. This is 1969, and the, the other case was 1992. So we're a few yeah. years apart here, and we're seeing the same sort of craft, the same sort of situation. Well, if this creature came out, which which is 1992, and it looked like gaunt, no ribs, and it. it's not really working, is it? No, no, it's not. Maybe, see. maybe the the the. I'm not saying the controllers. I'm saying that they're generals or the people, you know, in charge. The workers seem okay. It's mm. not affecting them. The other well, higher, yeah. higher beings. It depends is, what the one and four, but, but yeah, well, they're hive workers. Aren't you they? certainly just get the robots. impression they could, they could just you know, be robots. From the know? two stories, you certainly get the impression that they're being created. It's DNA manipulation, yeah, based on us. Yeah. Uh, and again, it sounds like in this case, there was really interest in the guys um, rather than the two ladies which were involved in this Ooh. case. And again, in the previous case, it was two guys. Yep. Um, and, you know, these two brothers, again, seem to be the catalyst for this rather than the, the mother and the grandmother, yep. which, you know, may or may not be relevant, um, but it seems relevant. You know, there was obviously after all this experiment and all that was done, they were returned to the vehicle. Now, Tom remembers seeing his grandmother wandering aimlessly in the middle of the road and Nazi was in a cataleptic shock, which is basically a rigid trance. shock, trance, yeah, kind of like trance shock, like shock yeah. uh, in the passenger seat, but she had been driving, so she was still sat there, like, <laughs> gripping all of the steering wheel, even though she sat in, in the, the passenger, passenger seat. seat. Yeah. So they've obviously, again, they've put them back in the cab in the wrong order. And the, the other lad, the Matthew, was unconscious in a fetal position in the back seat. So, obviously, they returned to the car, like we were saying earlier, they returned to the car... Slightly different order, but that's yeah. not really that's relevant a, to don't, the don't give a shit about that. No, they're, they're not, not they're bothered about that. They've done what they've just, come just for. Just whack them back in, that's it, let them go. I'm just feel, I just think sometimes, you know, when they've done this, do you reckon they tag them? Yeah, I think we're tagged up there. They kind of tag. Yeah. You know, you know it's like you used to get this heel prick test. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've looked, yeah, that heel prick one, yeah. yeah. I you tagged, or you, I always said they can, they can touch you or they, they can't touch you. Well, you know, that, you know that, unless they that that little is like yeah, a, a DNA. Yeah, well, he's got some DNA, DNA that we'd like. DNA, yeah. Some people you, got DNA we don't you, like. For those who don't know, when you have a baby, they I don't know if they still do it's it. It's not compulsive though. No, but they don't have to. You don't have to. They do it to make the baby cry. And all well, I mean, they give the, they, they 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 give the parents the bullshit. You yeah. know, blah blah. But blah, basically, they they prick the baby's heel. And again, and this is for you know, like because you have to make the baby cry and all that shit just to make sure its airways are clear and all that. Well, that's what the, comes the, out um, of the room, that's the excuses and yeah, that. Yeah, but that's but shit, right? what you know, again, you know, being conspiracy theory minded. I mean, that heel prick. I mean, you know, it's your DNA then, isn't it? And again, like it's anything, isn't it? It's like if you in this country, I don't know if it's the same in America and places, Australia, and that New Zealand. Anyway, but um, anyway, in this country, if you do anything and get arrested, even if you proved innocent later on, your DNA is taken. And that stays on record then. Yeah. So like my DNA is on record for when I, you know, even though I, I um, was de-arrested, I was going to say got away with it. Even though I was de-arrested, my DNA was still taken and put on a database oh, and still on a database forever. And you can't, you can't remove that, which is, seems very draconian. Yeah. Obviously, it? obviously it's given to other people. Well, yeah, it's taken. So it, yeah, exactly, he's got some so. DNA. Yeah, but, um, go and take him. You know, but that's that. So, um, yeah, fascinating. Um, uh, I think it's uh, my take on it is that this is what happening is the creatures come in, uh, extracting DNA, doing uh, do, doing uh, experiments on people, whatever, to keep uh, to live in this realm, to live in this basic uh, vibration. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're just psychic vampires. Um, to me, they are not from another planet. No, because 
They can't be advanced. If it was advanced, you wouldn't need this. Well, they'd, they'd be above that league, wouldn't they? They'd be above that league. Well, not advanced, mate. They can't be advanced. They're talking about their. In some way, they're talking about their genetics failing, which is. Well, look, if they, they were advanced, if they'd, you think, they'd have genetics. If you think, advanced, um, advanced, wouldn't they? It, it's, it's, yeah, it's, but if it's you think crazy. about our genetics and all the defects in our genetics, so. Yeah, but we've got. Our genetics get mixed anyway. But you know, we're talking about an advanced race, an advanced planet, an advanced. Um, you know, yeah, but if you're, their genetics would like, yeah, you know, look, could, look at our crops and all the rest of it. What you know, the the you know, the shit what happens to us from eating genetic from. Well, that's because it's been sprayed. I mean, you got the Masato and yeah, you got them. So, like, it's been poisoned. So, so that, we take that, in the poison. But we you know? might have done irreversible damage to our genetics at this point. So you well, know, that's the plan anyway. Ten fifteen the population, years. Isn't it? In the future, we might realise, we might get to a point where we realise, oh shit, we're, we're fucked now. And then, too late get, you know, the, these guys might have reached that same point a bit too late down the road and have fucking realised, oh shit, we shouldn't have been doing what we're doing for the last 20 years, it's fucked us up. And they need to replenish their genetics and we're just the best alternative for that. And again, like I say, they're not really bothered. If they wipe every single one of us out... Which couldn't happen. Yeah. Through karma, through, do through doing what they're doing. If they wiped every single one of us out, they wouldn't care mm. as long as they... Look after their own. Yeah, well, that I'm saying is this: it cannot be an advanced race. It's got to be a race actually, you know, is on maybe our level. Because mm. you know, if if man went to man, we we, we basically what what we do is we want to kill each other, don't we? Mm. You know, we've got these emotions like you know, when when's the time we cause us civilized? We're not civilized, yeah, but really, we've never been civilized. The way you should look at it is you know, we've always been wars, think and about killings and murders. If you, you know? if you have a heart problem or you need a bypass or whatever, we need valves for your heart. We go to a pig, mm. and we take the valves from a pig, and we put it into the human too. Mm. So we take the the lesser animal. I, I don't mean that disrespectfully to the pig. I mean, what I mean is the way we view it yeah. is we view it as the we're taking a lesser animal's parts to to help the 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 more worthy being, if yeah. you like. And that, that's essentially what we see in in play with the alien. The aliens is they're doing that to us, but they don't see us as equals. Well, um, like I say, hopefully. In a few weeks' time, we'll have someone who might. Yeah, we've got some fantastic so. guests coming on, which I'm uh, looking forward to. Lee, so we should have great. Um, well, the next one's up is going to be uh, Jerry and that from the Hillbilly Horror yeah. Stories. Uh, fantastic! Hey, so, hey, we've got a great subject next week. I'm not, yeah. I'm not telling you what it is because yeah. it's going to be a we'll surprise. It, yeah, but, but um, it's going to be it's, it's going to be good. Isn't it? It's going to be interesting. So um, yeah, we'll uh, see you next week. And for those on um, Patreon, that's signing up. Obviously, you'll be getting the extra show, and yeah, we'll go into a bit more detail what that's going to be. Maybe on the next show as well. So, um, yeah, all right. We'll um, stay true. Yep. Thank you very much. See you next week. Bye.